Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the word WIN to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's WIN to 200-200. I think so. I think so. Hi, it's Friday. It's uh, another nerd holiday. May the 4th. No, oh, no, shut up. No, leave it alone. I don't, I don't practice oh, Star Trek-ism. So. Or Star Wars-ism. Whatever it is. I'm with you on that one. It's your morning ritual. Me, Garrett Lewis, KNST, AM790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. No, no, we do. We do. Uh, of course, tomorrow being, and we'll get to three things in a second, tomorrow being Cinco, Cinco de Mayo. Mayo. Uh, you know, there, there's always going to be the warnings that are put out. There's always the warnings. Do not appropriate the culture. However, we were invited to a Cinco de Mayo party uh, hosted by white people. We and uh, not you. Oh. Not what? you. Don't you need me to get in? You don't like guacamole, so you're disqualified. Anyway, I'll get to that. This is awesome. Uh, three things I think you need to know. Uh, strikes over. Strikes over. Strikes. Yeah, strikes over. Uh-huh. Uh, strikes over. So we have that. Uh, uh Pretty much every school district is open except for TUSD. They are closed until Monday. Uh, there's more details about uh, what was agreed to, what was left out of this bill, blah, blah, blah. Frank Riggs will be in studio. He's running for state superintendent. He'll be in studio at 710 this morning taking your calls. And hopefully we could wrap this crap up and just and move on because it's, it's not going to really do much to help. But, but we'll, we'll get into that. And we've, we've talked about that. Uh, but it's over and we'll go from there. Um, second thing that I think you need to know, the economy added 164,000 jobs in April. That's it. Expectations were for 190,000, but unemployment fell to 3.9%, the lowest level since December, 2000. Are we really at full employment? Are we going to need legal immigrants? Average hourly earnings were up 2.6% for the year in April. In April, they went up 2.6%. Wow. Crazy. By the way, jobs in the previous two months were 30,000 more than previously reported. Uh, we are at 3.9%. According to the Hill.com, job growth expected to slow down somewhat as the labor market tightens and unemployment rate drops into a rarely seen 3% range. Wow. Crazy, isn't it? Absolutely crazy. Third thing I think you need to know, uh, NBC News came out with a story yesterday saying that uh, Trump's attorney, Michael Cohen, had his phone lines tapped. And they run with that, and then later in the day they said, sorry, we screwed up, we were wrong about that. That's a pretty big matzo ball to leave hanging out there, isn't it? Pretty big matzo ball. Three things I think you need to know. Uh, now, now, uh, real quick, I was given information yesterday. Speaking of uh, misinformation, I, listen, if I can dish it, I can take it. And I apologize. I can't remember the last time I really did this, but I don't want to make excuses. The, on the, the air, off the air. Uh, <laughs> on the air only counts. <laughs> off the air doesn't matter. Um, there was a, a pictures, a, a source sent me pictures saying they saw Tucson teachers striking in downtown Tucson in the middle of the day, uh, hanging out and having some beers at a particular brewery. Turns out it was at 6.30 at night. I had no reason to doubt my source, who literally told me 
this source witnessed it with their own eyes. His or her own eyes. They can't reveal anything. And I was like, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I saw that middle. I saw it. Well, I put it out there, and uh, apparently teacher's like, no, no, it was 6.30 at night. And, of course, I was called every name in the book, which that happens. I get it. And if I screw up, I'll tell you I screw up. I don't screw up often, and I appreciate the fact that uh, we try not to screw up often. And I think we've handled this topic pretty damn well, to be honest with you. There's a lot of information coming out fast and furiously about this whole teacher strike and all kinds of stuff and emotions running high, and I get it. So I apologize for that. I did not do it maliciously. I was told, again, by a source that I would have no reason to doubt. But in the future, I will doubt this source, and I will give this source a very, very hard time. So I took that post down. I got to delete it from the, uh, the page. Uh, so I apologize. And, and let me just tell you something. Uh, if teachers, because listen, here, here's, the, here's the, the dirty little secret. A lot of these teachers that attacked me, I guarantee you never even listen to the show. And some, it's really amazing to me how some people just live on Facebook and don't live in the real world. Um, not just the teachers, but other people. I think I've been all over this and more fair and more for the teachers and the students than anybody else. More than the unions, more than the red for red people. Uh, I'm still waiting. Any of these teachers upset? You have every, uh, you have, well, you can call up and say whatever the hell you want if you'd like. 880-KNST, 880-5678. Um, you can say whatever you want, uh, but I'd also like to engage you uh, and and say, now that you're going to get more money, can we expect better results? Uh, is this really going to help you teach, by the way? Do you have the power that's needed to teach? Do you have the power to get rid of the, the crap students that just are unruly and stop you from doing your job? Uh, are, you, is, is it really, are you working in the best conditions right now? Was that even addressed in this whole situation? So there you go. Because I think that's the only way to, to make education better. Sure, you got to pay the teachers better. I get it. And I always said, you, yeah, pay them more. But I want results. And I want to know how this is going to help. And I, want, I think it's more than just pay. I think it's also, again, giving the teachers the power to discipline kids. Because this whole not my Johnny crap is a really big problem. It's a really big problem. And the fact that administration, principals, superintendents don't get the teachers back when they get attacked in class. And I've said this, I've said this for weeks now. No other business would let people be assaulted when they work. Assaulted when they work. And let it just happen. And yet you guys have a freaking union and nothing's ever done because all they care about is jobs and dues. So anyway, right? You have that. Uh, by the way, I just got a great email. Unemployment 3.9%. It took over eight years, but the Obama Democrat stimulus package has finally taken hold. <laughs> it took this long because the Bush, rece- Bush, Bush recession was so bad. <laughs> Yes, 3.9% is the result of everything Obama did for eight years. I love it. I know this person. It's very sarcastic. It's very good. Remember, yes, the only reason we're able to get unemployment down to 3.9 freaking percent. 3.9% is because of this. That is why I have moved quickly to work with my economic team and leaders of both parties on an American recovery and reinvestment plan Mm -hmm. that will immediately jumpstart job creation and long-term growth. And long-term growth. And long-term growth. Which is nice. Um, by the way, this is, uh, this is just awesome. It really is. It really is awesome. Uh, so you've heard of, we've had Red for Red, right? We've had Red for Red. You know, there's something out there called Brown for Ed. Have you heard of Brown for Ed? In all seriousness, uh, Brown for Ed, have you, have you heard of this? 
That's a serious problem. In New Jersey, brown for Ed. Um, there's a superintendent that apparently was caught <clears throat> dropping deuces on the track of a rival school district. Yes. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're calling this guy, and he, again, he's a superintendent, so of course they're calling him a pooper intendant. There's a story at KNST.com about this. It's all over now. Uh, one community member said there had been at least eight deposits of evidence in the last few months. There's something wrong with this person. Thomas Tremaglini, if I'm pronouncing it, Tremaglini, Tremaglini, whatever. The superintendent of the Kenilworth School District in New Jersey, arrested Tuesday morning, charged with lewdness, littering, and defecating in public. Brown for Ed. Apparently, Holmdell High School staff and athletic coaches had alerted a school resource officer, quote, that they were finding human feces. Human. At or near the track. How do you know it's human, by the way? I mean, if you, what if it's a big dog? Anyway, they're finding it at or near the track and football field on a daily basis. School staffers monitor the field until they identified. Tramaglini, 42, as a suspect. Yeah, they don't know how he was ID'd, uh, but the suspect, they, they don't know. They, don't, they didn't say if the officers caught him in the act. All they said was um, one community member told uh Authorities told the press there had been at least eight poop detections in the past few months. I mean, that's the thing. Did they catch him when he's just squatting over something? This is a 42-year-old guy. This is a 42-year-old guy. Was it like this? Breaking news. Breaking news. We, we just found him. We found the pooper, and he's a pooper intended. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't responded to the press, shockingly. He's just, uh, apparently supposed to be uh, doing court on Monday. He's taking a paid leave of absence. I mean, why not? It's union protected. Paid leave of absence. There's a lot of paperwork involved on this one. How about this? This guy's a superintendent. I don't know how big this school district is, the Kenilworth. He earns 147000 bucks. I think the Tucson is two fifty, or approximately. $147,504 a year. Kenilworth Public Schools. Earlier today, we learned of municipal court charges facing our current superintendent of schools in Holmdel, New Jersey. Given the nature of those charges, he asked for and was granted a paid leave of absence. Yeah. Leaves can only be without pay in the face of indictments or tenure charges as a matter of state law. So there you go. That's what happens there. So this guy was doing brown for Ed. Nobody knows why this was happening. Was he just mad? Again, he was about a 30, minute, uh, 30 minutes away from where he worked. He was just going to this track and just dropping deuces. Maybe I mean, he was practicing his speed walking. Was, I mean, was there so much traffic in New Jersey that he just, you know, he would have his coffee and his egg sandwich or his roll from 7-Eleven, his buttered roll, and then that's what they have out there. It, anyway, or he'd go to the Wawa's. It's like a like a Circle K quick trip. Anyway. I know 7-Eleven. Okay. But there's, one, there's another brand called a Wawa. Wawa. Okay. They're just a, it's a great name. So anyway, uh, he would go out there, and uh, maybe he would have to pull over. Oh, man, I got to... And it was just, maybe it was just the same at the same time on the route every day. And he's, ah, I got to do it again. I mean, was that it? Why couldn't he find a Starbucks and go in there and use the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> Why not that? 
again, with the way the internet is nowadays, how do you go on with life? Like, what if the, what if this is your husband? This is your dad. Man, he flushed it all down the drain. Oh, man. What if you... How do you do this? Like, how do you recover? How do you try to get a job? Wait, wait, wait. Weren't you that guy? <laughs> Would you hire a guy that dropped douches randomly like that? I mean, obviously, it, either he really had to go and has some kind of a gastro problem, or he has some kind of a psychological thing. Because people have some really weird things going on sometimes. Like, I've been... I've been told stories by by flight attendants where people like literally wipe their feces in the bathroom on the walls. There, there's some people that do it in their homes. It, it it's gross, but there's like some kind of psychological, like mental issue where where you just do that. I I don't know why. It's just the most sickening thing ever. You think he wiped out his career? Couldn't make New Jersey any dirtier <laughs> or smell any any <laughs> smell worse. Any worse. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, 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 man. Oh, my God. So there's that. <clears throat> uh, yeah. I would. I, it would be just great if they were like, they were rivals in football and baseball. Lacrosse, whatever. So anyway, that's the brown for red story, okay? That, that's, the, uh, that's, that's the brown for brown for red. We have a lot of other news to talk about today. Uh, as a matter of fact, did you hear back from uh, that guy or not yet? If not, uh, not yet. Okay, it's not, not a big yet. deal. Not a problem. Uh, we have a lot to get to, uh, including um, a what a Detroit radio station is now doing to Kanye. Did you hear about this? Because Kanye... Are you serious right now? Are you serious, Clark? It's a little late. Are you serious, Clark? It's a little late. Uh, a Detroit radio station is uh, is firing... But This is unbelievable. Uh, well, but it really is not unbelievable, but this is what it's come down to in this country. If you like Trump, you're going to get it from all different angles, all different places. That's just uh, that's just the way it is. I I don't there's no there's no other right answer for it. That's just the way it is. Uh what a Detroit radio station is doing to Kanye. I have a story also about a college. This is just one that I've seen warning students again about Cinco de Mayo for tomorrow because you can't do anything crazy. Uh why should you be able to celebrate? You got oh, watch what you do. By the way, again, I've never seen a Mexican restaurant and say to uh, people that aren't Hispanic or of Mexican heritage or whatever, don't come in here. I mean, they come on in, order some quesadilla, have some beer, have some margaritas. Come on. Yet you can't do anything like that or celebrate or party, apparently, uh, on a college campus because they're a bunch of uh, fun haters. I mean, they really are. No corona They're a bunch you? of fun. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so anyway, we'll get to all that. Don't go anywhere. We're back in for KNST AM790 Tucson's most stimulating talk. If you push his button, he'll push yours. The Morning Ritual with Garrett Lewis is on KNST AM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. Word, 641 on this Friday. Thanks for hanging out. There are so many things that I think you need to know. I'm kind of over the whole strike. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Well, here we go. Okay, first thing that I think you need to know. Uh, strike's over. Budget's been approved. However, TUSD does open on Monday. Most school districts are open today. Second thing I think you need to know. Uh, 164,000 jobs added in April. Unemployment drops to 3.9%. It is so rare to get in that, that level. It hasn't been there since December of 2000. 3.9%. Trump tweeted about that. 3.9%. 3. Point, and you know what? <laughs> the tweet was it was really good, actually. Let me read you before I get to the calls and, and tell you about the, uh, the, the thing we're going to talk about, which if you missed it, like, what is that? Doesn't matter. 
Uh, Trump just out 3.9%. 4% is broken. In the meantime, witch hunt, which is true. It's uh, it's very, very true. Um, third thing that I think you need to know. Uh, how about, the, you know what, we'll do, we'll do this. We'll do this. This, this is, you're going to, you're going to like this. Um, right now on the generic ballot, the Republicans are smoking the Democrats in the Senate. You never hear about that, right? Uh, right now it's projected that the Republicans just generically knock off several, uh, senators that are incumbent Democrats and the others, their statistical ties. So that's not looking good for the Democratic Party right there in the Senate. Uh, so all the talk about the blue wave in the House, which may not even be a blue wave anymore, as I have another story from the Huffington Post, where uh, pollsters are warning Democrats, your, mid- your midterm momentum has, quote, stalled. Man, it can go the other way. Watch out. Three things I think you need to know. By the way, there's only one reason for that, and it's Trump. That's it. Trump. So we had a call from a guy named Phil, and he's still there. Okay, hang on. Uh, and I've been hearing about this, about this whole story with the budget coming out. TUSD, if you live, you have a home in, in, the, uh, in, in, in Tucson, right? And, you, and if you're a home and you would go to the Tucson Unified School District, um, you are going to pay more in taxes, about uh, $17 million overall, to cover the teacher raises, to cover the extra funding, uh, this, the, that, whatever in this budget, right? All for the teachers. And people are flipping the you-know-what out. And ever since I've been here, I just hear something about the desegregation lawsuit. Desegregation, desegregation. There was a, a great write-up by a guy named Hank Stevenson a couple months ago about this. Do you know what this desegregation thing is? Back in the 70s, there was a lawsuit. In the 70s, man. There was a lawsuit saying that blacks and Hispanics couldn't get the same good quality education as white people in Tucson. And you better clean it up. You better make a difference. Right, A federal court said TUSD violated student civil rights with racist policies that created unequal education in the 70s. Aren't we welcoming here? This is four bleeping decades later. We still apparently haven't solved this. We're still under this. So a court said, federal court said, you better clean this up. You better do it. You better. You got to hire more Hispanic teachers. You got to more hire uh, African-American teachers. You got to do these kinds of things to make it more equal. And no joke, TUSD, in their liberal ways, uh, where they've had crazy people on the board like Raul Grijalva and his daughter. They still haven't found a way to make this uh, apparently go away, to fix it, right? However, a person like me... I just don't understand this whole situation about you get a, a you don't get the same quality education. What do they not get books? Are schools overloaded? I, I don't understand this whole situation, right? So TUSD every year goes back and they get uh, and there's rulings. They try to get out of it. No, no, you're still you're still you still have to keep going. You still have to try to do a better job. It's amazing after four decades. In the welcoming city where they'd love to be a sanctuary city, and they pretty much are a sanctuary city, that somehow they are okay with living with the fact their biggest school district apparently is racist toward Hispanic and black kids. Right? Can't do anything to fix it. This is the most convoluted thing ever. Uh, There were African-American and Latino families that sued TUSD back in 1974. Been over 40 years of these uh, legal disputes going on. 
Ruben Salter, it says here in this story, the attorney representing the African-American plaintiff said, while everyone is tired of dealing with the desegregation case, that's not reason enough to end it if the district hasn't made serious sustainable gains toward closing the student academic achievement gap. He said, quote, everybody wishes to get out from under this thing because they can't do anything without court approval. And I can understand that after 40 years under court supervision that it's time, but they need to get it right. I'm thinking, you got to be kidding me. What's going on here? So here's the situation. Okay. For pretty much ever. Uh, there's a there's a, a a law that says you can't pay more than one percent uh, in taxes to, to to fix this, and it costs a lot of money apparently to try to fix this, to try to get to to whatever. It costs a lot of money for everything. Try to try to you know make it a fair education for everybody. And this is how I'm interpreting it, by the way. Um, as a matter of fact, representatives for the plaintiffs say that after four more than four decades and well over one billion dollars. In desegregation funding invested in the district, TUSD still hasn't proved that it's ready to take off the chains of the court and do the right thing by its students. So, over four decades, over a billion dollars. Now, where did that billion dollars come from? That's what you want to. That's what to talk about, right? That billion dollars has come from not just people in Tucson and homes that uh, that are in the TUSD district. That has come from the entire state of Arizona. So. People living in TUSD's district, right? People living in TUSD's district have not had to pay this on their own. It's been subsidized for decades by people all over the state because a state law says, a state law says you can only get X amount of dollars from taxpayers. All they they can pay towards schools, X amount of dollars. 1% is the cap. That's just it. When it comes to taxes, for property taxes to go to schools. So the rest of the state has been paying in to try to make sure that TUSD can provide a non, a, a basically a um, an education that is equal to whites and Hispanics and blacks. So now, for the first time ever, since we have to pony up more money to teachers, the state of Arizona said, hey, you know what? Tucson, at some point, you have to figure this out on your own. So you're going to pay more. You can't just get an exemption and everybody else subsidizes you because everybody's going to pay more. You have to start doing this yourself. So that's why I told Phil, who called, and he's still there, he should be grateful because for about four decades, he hasn't had to foot the bill. It's been subsidized and spread around for everybody in the state of Arizona to pay to try to get TUSD to do the right thing. And if people are mad at that, they should be mad at TUSD school boards and teachers and superintendents, well, not teachers, superintendents, I guess, over the years that have not been able to figure this crap out. But for the life of me, I can't figure it out. Maybe I'm naive, but I don't look at principals and teachers and think think they're like, hmm, you know what? I have a whole bunch of Hispanic and black kids in my class. I'm just not going to try very hard. Because they're, they're literally saying that back in, maybe back in the 70s it was different, that Hispanics and blacks couldn't get the same quality education. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it says right here, one of the attorneys, or the judge, the judge that, that gave the ruling on this, said over the past five years, just five years, TUSD has made little progress in increasing the proportions of African-American and Latino teachers and administrators. But the district has done what it was asked to attempt to increase those numbers, and that's been uh, stopped a lot because of teacher salaries. So basically, I guess when the government is coming in saying you have to hire a certain number of teachers that look like the students, which I don't like. I mean, it should be based on the job you do, not on your 
skin color, right? Right? So I know it's kind of confusing and convoluted in that aspect, but for the longest time, um, TUSD has gotten lots of money from everybody in the state. The desegregation order allows TUSD to extract an extra property tax, bringing in an additional $64 million per year. Where's that money going? It can be for any measures or activities designed to remediate racial discrimination, including academic intervention specialists, culturally relevant courses, Mexican-American studies, transportation, and magnet schools. So maybe TUSD didn't want to really solve this because they got all this extra money for decades from all around the state. And now they're being told, it's about time you have to pay for it yourself. So you want to be mad, be mad at the failed leadership from these, let's face it, bleeding hearts or whatever that have been in charge of TUSD for a long time. Phil, you still with me? Yes, that was a great explanation, and I understand more now. The one thing I've had a hard time dealing with forever, I don't have any kids, never had any kids. Why do I have to get involved in this at all? Uh, because you live there, that's just for the... I mean, think about that. I, I get it. And, you know, you know you're know, you one of those crotchety old people that say, get off my lawn! And I, I get no, it. No, no, I'm just no, kidding. No. I'm I, kidding. I I'm care, kidding. I care about getting a good education. That's but. the thing. Because here's the... You live here. You you want, you know, as you continue to live here, you don't want a bunch of degenerates. You want, you want good people and you want everything to improve. You want business owners, job creators, people that work, that kind of stuff, which is why you pay into it. That's, you but know, but I really, that's not my problem. Oh. I just, I've never had any kids. But I'm saying, but then, but the, we have been, we have deemed as a society that everybody must pay in for the good of everybody, as communistic as that sounds. I mean, I listen, I don't take the bus. I've never taken the bus. I pay in, and apparently money goes toward the bus. Okay, then, on this, on this tax issue, then, on the houses, on our homes, when they get those tax bills, when this hits, yeah. and they got a $300,000 home, and they got to pay another... What is it? Five hundred dollars a year. Sure, that's at least fifty, sixty bucks a month. Yeah, more. Do they realize? Do they honestly realize what they're getting us into? Who's us? Who, who's they? To, who's where's they? that money? If you're on a fixed income, where are you going to get this from? Dude, you know, you know who you should be mad at. You should be mad at TUSD leadership for decades for not being able to apparently fix this problem, and they continue to actually been subsidized by everybody else. How do you think everybody else feels for forty years paying into TUSD's issue? Maybe and, TUSD, and, maybe TUSD hasn't wanted to fix it because they like getting the extra sixty-four mil a year. And what about all the corruption about fixing the roads that they can? I, I, that has I, that has nothing to do with. The, I know what you're saying, and uh, you know what it comes down to: a horrible leadership, uh, a span of horrible leadership for decades here in Pima County and Tucson. That's all I can say. Yeah, you're right. That's, that's well. How, that's how it. do we fix it? You vote the morons out, and you vote the good people in. Where are the good people? I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> They leave. Stupid question. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. Listen, Phil. I, I, you know what? You got to just get good people on the school board. You got to. How can they not figure this out? We're going to ask Frank Riggs about this when he gets here in about fifteen minutes. Okay, I'll listen. Thank uh, you, man. Thank you, Phil. Take care, man. But that's what it comes down to. This whole desegregation thing for decades, it's been subsidized by everybody else in the state, and finally, Arizona's like, you got to, you got to be responsible for yourself. And I know emotionally, you're like, damn it, why am I paying more? You should say, damn it, why can't TUSD figure this crap out? And then at the same time say, what's the point of this? Is there really racist stuff going on? And there shouldn't be in the land of rainbows and whatever, accepting everything. That's that's what they do. So, whatever. Uh, when it comes down to it, 
is it right you can't get the same quality education if you're Hispanic or this? Or, and they, there was something I read where it was like, well, you know, when you're very, you know, in the white communities, what are the white? It's all about, it doesn't matter what color you are. If the parents make the kids do work, you're going to get better results. You're going to get a better education. That's why people move to better areas where better schools are. So dumb. Six hundred. That's Less why you have choice. Kids too. That too. That too. Um, yeah. We'll continue. Six fifty five. It's KNST. Your shot at one thousand dollars now. Text the word money to two hundred two hundred. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeart Radio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's money to two hundred two hundred. Alrighty then. What is up? It is uh, 707 on this Friday. Again, nerd holiday, May the 4th. Only the dorks. We'll get into that. I just like to stick with the whole Friday thing. But whatever, it's your morning ritual with me, Garrett Lewis, KNST, AM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talking. We'll get into the whole Cinco de Mayo thing because, yes, colleges are giving out warnings. Yes, if you have a Corona and a taco, you're going to piss off someone that's very sensitive. So we'll get to that. Uh, however, three things that I think you need to know. And by the way, who doesn't love a Corona and a taco? I prefer Modelo. Wait, when are these people, by the way, going to get pissed? I'm with you on that one. It's special. However, when are when are the people going to get mad at Corona for having commercials where white people are in the commercials drinking the Corona and laughing? On the beach and having a good time? I know. I mean, that's just not right. What about the guy who brings out the drinks to the people sitting in the chairs? Oh, my God. Who is that guy? Because we all know it should be the woman that does it. Anyway, uh, three things I think you, we can dream, right? Again, Ryan and I do all the cooking in the house. We can dream. Three things I think you need to know. Number one, uh, the strike is over, but TUSD is not going to open until Monday because who the hell cares, right? Most school districts are open. Uh, there were a lot of things involved, by the way. Uh, apparently, uh, one Republican lawmaker, Kelly Townsend on a Mesa, wanted uh, in the bill to make it illegal for teachers to spout their political views, and that was shut down, which, uh, God, we'll get to some other stuff as well. Uh, second thing that I think you need to know, 3.9% unemployment, 164,000 jobs added in April. Seems low, but is it because most people are working? 3.9% unemployment has been that low since December of the year 2000, but the media wants you to know about Stormy Daniels and and fake Russia. Don't worry about the good stuff, the things that are, yeah, okay, we know, we know, so we have that. Third thing I think you need to know is that a uh, generic poll now has the Republicans whooping some butt in the Senate races. You don't hear a lot about that now, do you? You only hear about the blue wave in the House, which isn't even true anymore. But now there has been a morning console poll that shows, man, oh, man, oh, man, um, it shows generic Republicans, generic ones, uh, basically either in a statistical tie or beating there are five Democratic incumbents losing by at least five points, four other Democratic incumbents, statistical ties. That could be nine seats going to the Republicans. But you never hear about that, do you? No. Three things I think you need to know. Uh, Very cool. I'm excited. Frank Riggs, who is running for state uh, superintendent of schools, we had on the phone, what was it, Tuesday? I think it was Tuesday. We'll go with Tuesday, right? We'll go with that. It was earlier this week. No, and like last week. What, was it last? No. Yeah, time flies. Was it really last week? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Holy Tuesday crap. Where you been? I don't know. It all just goes together. I'm getting yelled at by my kid at two in the morning too much. The nine month old. Very <laughs> the, the new dictator. Um so we had Frank on. It was a it was a great it was a two hour conversation. Let me tell you, it flew by it. People telling me it was so much good information. They loved your ideas, and it literally the two hours just flew right by. Uh so you're like, I'm gonna be in Tucson. I said, all right, come on down. So uh, let, let's talk about this. First off, I want to get your take on this. 
I think Ducey screwed up big time because uh, he could have controlled the narrative. There's like the, the one one bad thing with Republicans is that they want to do the whole hostage taking. You know, we don't talk to we don't talk to the people that take hostages. We don't talk. No, no, no. And all you heard from people, Red for Red and others, they'd say, well, Republicans don't even want to talk to us. It's only the Democrats that want to talk to us. That's why we want to vote for them. And I think as long as you might as well have a damn conversation so you're not painted in that corner. What do you think about that? Well, I'm not going to fault the governor for responding to a large segment of his constituency. I mean, obviously, he represents all Arizonans. And it's interesting that the ultimate vote in the legislature was on a straight party line basis. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Republicans in the legislature stepped up. Essentially, they modified, I think, in a good way because they the the governor's original proposal because mm-hmm. they ultimately left that decision with respect to how the funds how the additional state funding for K twelve ed is used mm-hmm. how how it is spent to the the local governing process to the prerogative of the governing board of the local school district and or charter school so they said we're giving you was, was we're giving you money change. we're giving yes. you money and you guys figure out how to divvy it out that's right so then and these teachers with local control yes. in k-12 education so the teachers can't complain then if they think they're not getting enough money that's well they can com- or they complain not to the republicans or the governor they can complain to the local school board their the superintendents yes their employer yeah, exactly yes, absolutely okay yeah so we have that. To me, just though, what's crazy though, yeah, it was a it was straight party line vote in the House to, for the K through right. K twelve education. That's bill. right. Not one Democrat voted for it, and the red for red people were up in the gallery silently cheering that Democrats didn't vote for them, the teachers to get a raise. Right, which is insane. But that's why the Republicans are going to lose the PR battle. They're going to lose it because every Democrat right now, every teacher, every person on the teacher's side that thinks they deserve raises thinks the Republicans screwed them. And the Democrats backed him. Well, I'm and not so sure about that. Really? You sure? Yeah, I'm not so sure about it. You know, I, I uh, you know, when we last chatted, I said I'm sympathetic for with Red for Ed because teacher comp- compensation yes. has been largely stagnant for but a decade. But I'm saying, like any person, but, if you go out to a to a place for lunch today, uh huh, and you say who was on the teacher's side, who who gave them what they wanted, I get, I, I'll bet you at least seven in ten say Democrats. Well, that's true. That's, that's true. what I'm so, saying. So you know, that'll PR be a, that'll be a challenge, yes. right? A, like like you say, a PR challenge. But the fact of the matter is that Republicans did step up. You know that at the end of the day, the legislative political process worked mm-hmm. as it's intended to. I mean, I'd, I'd like to try to gather you know all of the Red for Ed marchers back at Chase Field and just conduct a very simple Civics 101 lesson. And, you know, mm-hmm. the old how a bill becomes law. So here is the legislative process, right? Mm-hmm. The House and the Senate did their thing. They reconciled the differences between the competing versions of the legislation. They conferred, the legislative leadership conferred with the governor. They got a bill done. And and in the process, the Democrats in the state legislature were, were able, as you pointed out, to offer a number of floor amendments, all of which failed. Mm-hmm. But that is the way the process worked works the duly elected representatives of the people came through and did increase at you know k-12 education funding and then ultimately left the decision how the funding will be used to the decision makers at the local level i i think it's a you know a win for arizona okay. frank riggs is in studio now on knst aim 790 if you have any questions about education uh because he wants to be your next state superintendent of education 880-KNST, 880-5678. Uh, just be very concise to Ryan when he answers the phone. And if you don't have any questions, don't worry. I have questions. It's okay, but I'm giving it. I'm, we don't do this very often. I'm putting my trust in you. Like you can literally <laughs> ruin my radio show, which I don't want that to happen. But I'm giving you a chance because we had a lot of feedback and a lot of people when you were on the phone calling up Ryan the entire time, asking questions and doing that. And like a good host, I ignored them and only asked my own <laughs> questions. So um, when it comes down to it, uh, okay. So this 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 bill passes. Money's going to flow. Is it really going to make education better, though? 
Well, as measured by what? Test results? I guess this you way. Know, it, I know it, t- teachers can't really, and we talk about this, I think discipline, all I hear from teachers is discipline problems. At TUSD, right. they still don't have like a, 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 a way to deal with problem kids. They don't have any, they keep arguing about how to best deal with it. And teachers are left there when they're trying to teach a lesson for 42 minutes and you get some unruly punk kid that doesn't want to be there, yep. screwing it up for 20 of the 42 minutes. How can they do their job? And then on top of that, what teacher wants to work in that, that environment? You know, that's a huge problem, Darren. Yeah. And, and it, it, it didn't isolate it to TUSD, although obviously TUSD, yes. as a large metropolitan school district, is going to have, I think, obviously a greater number of disruptive students. Mm-hmm. You know, you know the, the Red for Ed movement, the genesis of it isn't just compensation and benefits. It's also working conditions. And but you never, you t- I never heard that from them. All you heard about is we need money and well, we need more books. But if, but if you go deeper, if you yeah. talk to them, and by the way, during the Red for Ed walkout slash strike, I, I decided that I would substitute teach in my home school district, the mm-hmm. Cave Creek Unified School District, because they decided to keep their schools open. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm, so I'm managing a classroom of very yeah. rambunctious 7th and 8th graders as yeah. I try to teach them social studies. And yeah, they're like, screw you, right. sub. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, the teachers that weren't down at the Capitol protesting are all still wearing red and kind of sneering at us scabs, you know, wow. subbing. But the fact of the matter is, I still felt, and I got called, asked to do it, felt I had an obligation to do it, and it just brought back to me the challenge. First, the first challenge in education is to be able to manage your classroom, and when we tie teachers' hands and mm-hmm. make it that much more difficult for them to manage their classrooms because of these ridiculous discipline policies or the lack thereof, mm-hmm. it really makes challenge of teaching that much harder. Yeah. So you know, I I do empathize. I, I hear and the nothing, concerns and about working conditions. Nothing in this conditions. bill was was solved. No. Because I mean, no. again, I, t- I talked about it yesterday. I had a, a friend of mine told a story. She has a good friend moved here from Carlsbad, California. Worked at TUSD for one year. Went back to California, even though how expensive it is to live there. Made more money, but cost yeah. more. But she said that the conditions. It wasn't just the pay, but it was the, the working conditions at TUSD made her want to leave and go back to California. Yeah. That's bad. That is bad. And it's and it's never addressed. And I I talked to Ralph Quintana the uh, president of the Arizona Federation of Teachers. Mm-hmm. And he agreed. He said there actually were Republican bills, but being stonewalled by other Republicans in the legislature, that would have given the power back to the teachers to kick a kid out of class because now you can't do anything. The teacher has to have that power. I mean, you know, what? at the end of the day, what they all crave is not only the respect the profession deserves, and mm-hmm. part of that respect are the tangible benefits, you know, the, ex- the extrinsic motivators to mm-hmm. go into the e- education profession. But they also crave the autonomy and freedom again to yes. manage their classrooms. That's one reason that they went into teaching. Mm-hmm. With the other way we tie their hands is this incessant testing. Yeah. You know, so what's happening, of course, is they're teaching to the test because they're being evaluated based on the test results. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think we've got to get away from this whole notion of high-stakes testing and rewards-based funding. And I guess, yeah, there's, it doesn't prove anything. So do we have to go back to principles? I mean, because you say, how do you judge teachers? I, I think we need te- I think you need cameras in classes. We have the technology. Yeah. Because I think yeah. any teacher can turn it on when someone's sitting in the back of the class watching. You know, a teacher body cam? Yes. Well, <laughs> or someone just put a, no, put, no. A, put a camera up right in the corner and yep. people can yeah. get audio and watch sure. and you can evaluate, it's a great you know? I mean, yeah. but the unions don't want that because they want to make sure teachers don't lose their jobs. So they don't want to lose dues. First job of school administrators is to yeah. be in the classroom, observing, monitoring, supervising, you know, 
mentoring. So that, then do that we get to that? Job. Because it's really unfair to judge teachers based on testing scores because they have to teach for a test instead of teaching. Right. And then again, if the kids don't do work because the parents don't demand it, how is that the teacher's fault? Right. So then should we just get back down to it to where it's principals and vice principals walking around and evaluating and saying this teacher's good, this teacher's not good? That's their primary responsibility. Yeah, and I guess, it really is. Yeah, I, I, that's what needs to be talked but about. But we tie their hands you know, with a lot of red tape, as you, yeah. as you very well know. Yeah. Uh, and there is pushback on the part of the you know the labor unions the the labor mm-hmm. associations that that want to make that fundamental role and responsibility of school leadership that much more difficult so then basically nothing has changed teachers get a raise and in a year or two when they complain about wanting something else we in the public are going to get mad saying we gave you more money where are the results but they're they, they're being set up to not improve i don't want to say fail but to not get any better with this well and yet you have people yeah. on both sides cheering yeah well, again, the, I, th- I think they were overdue for a compensation increase yeah. because, again, their wages, their compensation has been largely stagnant for 10 years since before the, the, mm-hmm. you know, the Great Recession. But what, what happens now? What, the legislature came through. They, they provided an additional 9% for the next fiscal mm-hmm. and school year. And then there's a promise, a follow-on promise, assuming, again, mm-hmm. the economy stays robust, revenues continue to increase the state government, of additional 5% increases in years two and three. Uh, you know, so yes, we uh, the governor and the legislators responded. Uh, I think to the concern on the part of teachers and and other educational profession uh, professionals that they were due this compensation yeah. increase. But the flip side of that is we need do need more accountability. We need more transparency. We mm-hmm. need more truth in spending. We've got to be, make sure in this case that. The, that we know how those dollars are going to be allocated and spent yes. at the local level. More more transparency. Teachers should demand that of the administration, wherever mm-hmm. they work, and say, right. how is this being spent? Right, absolutely. Uh, all right. Uh, and by the way, Steve, Democratic Senator Steve Farley actually said that he was amazed. He voted for this. He was one of the few Democrats in the state Senate to vote for this. Is that right? Uh, and he said he was shocked at how much money goes. It was a huge win, yet every Democrat in the House voted against it. So mm-hmm. we'll get to your calls coming up. I promise. Frank Riggs, he's not going anywhere just yet. Uh, 880-KNST, 880-5678. And you could even email me questions, Garrett at KNST.com. You could hit me up on Twitter at Garrett Lewis, Facebook, whatever you'd like. Uh, and uh, and we could we can get your questions asked. And I have more questions. We're going to get to the Tucson desegregation or segregation, whatever the hell it is. Desegregation. Yeah, when, when is this ever going to I didn't know there was still a problem. <laughs> I think I, our schools were decade, uh, desegregated decades ago. That's what I, what, what yeah. is going on with this? and. I, I, why are they still getting funding to that? It just it blows my mind. I don't. I'm like I'm, I think I'm a smart guy, yet it makes no sense to me. Right. So we'll get to all that. Don't go anywhere. Back in five KNST AM seven ninety two sounds most stimulating talk. Gary Lewis with you seven twenty seven about ninety today, ninety nine tomorrow, on hundred three on Sunday. My goodness. Frank Riggs is in the studio running for state superintendent of schools. So you said yeah. You you turned in you. The, the uh, signatures, you're on the ballot, you're going to go? I did. On, on Monday, the first day of the filing period, first candidate, first Republican candidate to, to qualify for the ballot for okay. the position, statewide constitutional office of superintendent of public instruction or superintendent of schools, as we commonly refer go. to it. There you go. I dumb it down. I'm a radio guy. <laughs> no, no, we don't want to do that. <laughs> All right, we'll get to your calls right now. First up, and I promised we'd do it as long as they're okay. James, welcome to KNST. Hello, James. Morning, Garrett. Thank you for uh, allowing me to speak to this gentleman. You got it. Sir, I'm a former chief steward, city of Tucson, local 449, Mm -hmm. and he knows that I sat on the committees that worked with disciplinary processes, also with the administrative uh, directive that he will be giving out. 
My question to him is, what is your vision for the future considering your situation? Meaning, what can you actually do from, as an elected administrator from within the system to help our children achieve central, stop centralizing our federal government's hand in this and restore everything back to the local district? Right now, everything first goes, all funding goes to the federal government and then back to us. That's all kinds of administration that can be eliminated and never paid for and personnel never employed. Meanwhile, the savings alone will help for this big increase for the so-called strike, which was actually a tax revenue increase campaign. It's just... (laughs) That's what it was. Yeah. Great question, James. You know, I'm a former three-term U.S. congressman and chaired the House of Representatives Education Subcommittee, so I'm very familiar with the federal education programs. And you're right. I mean, those those programs should be block-granted. If, if we can't reduce and ultimately eliminate the U.S. government's, that is to say, U.S. Department of Education's role in K-12 education, we at least ought to block-grant those programs back down to the states so states have maximum flexibility with those dollars. And you're asking, what can I do? Well, I think I know my way around D.C. and Congress, or the swamp as we call it nowadays, and what I'm going to try to do is work with the Trump administration and Secretary DeVos to get us a waiver that, again, gives us the maximum flexibility with how those federal dollars are used at the state and local level. Understanding that many of those federal programs, as you know, are earmarked for special segments of the student population. For example, Title I, the program for, for low-income children or children that come from low-income households and qualify for the federal free and reduced-price lunch program, uh, special ed funds for children, obviously, that, that have learning disabilities and special needs. We, uh, as a state, get because we have so much public land, we get PILP payments, payment in lieu of taxes uh, for those largely rural communities and school districts that have a lot of public land, federal land within their boundaries. We get impact aid, again, for those communities and school districts that serve students, uh, the military-dependent students from adjacent military installations. So it's kind of a complex picture, but again, I want to drive the dollars down to the state so that we, we being the, the legislature and the State Board of Education uh, with the superintendent of public instruction providing the oversight and leadership, we have, again, have maximum flexibility how those dollars are used. And we can, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, James, we can use those much, much more effectively and efficiently and hopefully achieve a significant cost savings. All right. Thank you, James. Uh, tell you what, let's do one more quick one. And then uh, we, on the other side, we're going to get to a common core, uh, the TUSD desegregation, whatever. The big tax increase that Tucson residents are going to have to pay. Uh, we'll get to that as well and more of your questions. But first, let's go to Dave. Dave, welcome to KNST. Hi. Uh, good. Good. Hi. Um, yes, now that the teachers get the 20% pay increase, are they going to be sending kids to college for me to teach that are 20% better? <laughs> well, there you go. And you, what, you, you told Ron you have examples? Well, he said, do I have examples of bad students? And yes, of course, I've got, everyone has examples of bad students. But fortunately, uh, where I work at Pima Community College, uh, mm. I can just kick them out of my classroom. And if they continue to be disruptive, I can just call the campus police. They'll come and pick them up. Mm. I don't have to worry about, about behavior problems. And at Desert Vista, I've never had a, never had a behavior problem, only at Northwest Campus. Hey, Dave, do you find yourself having to, to do a lot of remedial education because uh, your students didn't get the fundamental skills in, in their high school years? 
Oh, yes, definitely. They have to take um, uh, remedial algebra just to make it into my class. Mm. I teach chemistry, and my lowest level chemistry class is about the same level as a, a standard high school chemistry class. Mm. And uh, it, it, in order to make it in, they have to, they have to pass college mm. algebra, which is it's introductory college algebra, which is about, like, ninth grade algebra. Yeah. So what you're saying is that you didn't, in your mind, you don't think these teachers deserve a raise because they're sending kids to you that have to retake high school-level education classes in college. I don't know if it's, the, if it's the teacher's fault, but I'm just saying yeah. they're getting this big, I mean, that's a huge raise. Yeah. Well, it's it's nine percent next year with a promise of you know five percent in years two and three. But Dave makes a good point, albeit yeah. you know obviously tongue in cheek. Yeah. Which is now are we going to see an improvement in mm -hmm. academic results? Jury's out. Yeah. So, but but we, you know, we we want to implement this menu of assessments in Arizona, allowing every school district or charter school to pick from a quote menu of nationally norm reference tests or performance assessments. So. When they have that freedom and flexibility to do so, we need to, on the other hand, to hold them accountable based on the results of the particular test or performance assessment that they decide to administer to their student population. But I think we have every right as taxpayers to expect an improvement in academic performance here over the next three years, assuming that they ultimately get the full 20% increase. Yep, I'm with you because if they want more money in a few years... We're going to say, where, where's, the, where's the beef? Where's the results? Right, we're going to continue with, uh, with Frank Riggs, who wants to be your next uh, state superintendent of schools. He has a, fan, it's a fancier title, but I'm dumbing it down because we don't have a lot of time on the radio. So we'll continue. I want uh, your questions, 880-KNST, 880-5678. Also, uh, I, I also want to ask about Common Core, uh, because that is like seemingly forgotten about now since Deucey just changed the name with Diane Douglas, the current state superintendent. Uh, and also this uh, TUSD desegregation 40-something years later. I mean, is it still, are, are there really racists still going around? In t This is insane. We'll get to that, why you're paying more tax dollars coming up. Here's Fox. He doesn't need to take a selfie because he thinks about himself all the damn time. The Morning Ritual with Garrett Lewis is on KNST AM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. All right, 742, three things I think you need to know. Number one, unemployment, unemployment, down to 3.9%. Has been that low since the year 2000, 164,000 jobs added in April. I mean, it looks like we're almost at full employment, which is which is crazy. Uh, why didn't we get that with the big stimulus with the last guy in office anyway? So we have that second thing that I think you need to know. Trump has just announced that he would love to talk to Robert Mueller, love to sit down, do an interview. I mean, who knows? Wow, really? Is it going to be under oath? Who knows? Probably not. But man, just, he wants to get this thing over with. That's what I think. Uh, but I don't I, I don't think it's smart to trust a guy like that who just is out to get you. But whatever. Third thing I think you need to know. Strike is over. Most school districts are open. TUSD is closed until Monday. There you go. Three things I think you need to know. Frank Riggs is in studio with me uh, for just a little bit longer. Uh, he's running for state superintendent of schools. And uh, let's talk really quick about Common Core. People forget about Common Core. Diane Douglas ran on getting rid of Common Core. Never happened. Doug Ducey had the opportunity as the governor to get rid of it and said he tweaked it. Um, from the, the administrators you talk to, public school, charter school, you name it, do they want to keep Common Core or do they want to get rid of Common Core? What's your take? No, I, th I think the great majority want to get rid of Common Core because it's tying their hands. You know, the, we were talking, there, there's, there's no way that one set of top-down standards, under the notion that one size can, can fit all, works in our state with all the diverse educational models and all the robust forms of parental school choice that we have. And I, what I think we need to do is I think we need, 
we need, again, to return to local control and decision-making and allow any local school district or charter school organization to choose to establish the standards, the curriculum, and the nationally norm-referenced test or performance assessment that best suits their educational model and the characteristics of the student population they serve. Mm-hmm. You know, and to me, that's a simple solution that gets us out of Common Core, which is deeply embedded in our schools today, once and forever. So people here in Tucson are fired up. They have to pay a yep. lot more money. It's going to be about, what, $16, $17 million mm-hmm. in property taxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're like, why is it targeting us? Why is it targeting us? And, and, and I get it, but it turns out we have been under this desegregation lawsuit settlement, whatever the hell it is, under court control for over four decades down here. And apparently, and this is, maybe it's, I'm just clueless, how is it possible that in the year 2018, court, some court-appointed guy, some guy that he's, he's the master something or other, is, this, is you know, Hawley's the guy's name, this it's like one of the greatest titles, actually, you'll ever hear. Uh, he, yeah, here is the court-appointed special master. That's what I want to be, overseeing the desegregation <laughs> mediations. And he says Tucson School District is still racist. It's still not offering a fair education to blacks and Hispanics like it does to whites. Well, I, I don't believe that. And, and that would be on the elected members of the Tucson Unified School District Governing Board and the, the district leadership. But I don't believe it at all. I, our schools have been de- desegregated for, for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Desegregation funding is an anachronism, but it's become a sacred cow yeah. for, you know, for, for TUSD because it's supplemental funding yep. for them. So it's almost you like know? they didn't want to solve it because then they get – this is what happens. Mm-hmm. For, for decades now – Every other school district, every other city in the state of Arizona has ponied up money to TUSD to help right. try to fix the problem. They've got right. over a billion dollars in over yeah. four. So now days. the legislature says, okay, you, the taxpayers within TUSD, you're yeah. going to have to, to pick up the complete tab. Yeah. Yeah. Now that kind of changes the game, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, the, you know, the fact of, of the matter is that we need to completely overhaul our school finance system. We need mm-hmm. to create a system where the dollars follow the student to the educational model or school, the, 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 you know, the type of schooling chosen by the parent as the best suit for the child. You know, I I understand those that make the argument that minority low-income students are at risk of poorly performing in our schools. Many of them are in that cohort of students that today we call the achievement gap. They're entering school and they're already developmentally behind peer and grade level. If they get socially promoted to the next grade, that gap only Mm -hmm. grows wider. So I, I want, in overhauling our school finance system, I want more dollars to go to those schools that serve a high number, you could say, I guess, a disproportionate number in comparison to other districts, of those most challenged, disadvantaged segments of the student population. Now, what does that money go to, though? It like, goes, how is that going to help them? It goes to early intervention. It goes to giving them the kind of intensive services that they need to catch up, and that's individual and small group instruction. You know, it, it, it's... It's very difficult to catch those students up if they're simply put into the classroom with the, you know, the, on the, the, the basis of mainstreaming. They're there with the regular education population, yet they have special needs. And I understand all that. But to, but to make the argument mm-hmm. that our schools aren't desegregated, I mean, for Pete's sakes, in 1982, the Supreme Court in Plyler Vito said all, you know, public schools must educate all comers regardless of race, ethnicity, or national origin. Our schools are desegregated. There is an argument, I think this is an argument for school choice, yep. right? Which is that low-income families have you know, less mobility. Exactly, they're stuck right? in, if it's a bad school, mm-hmm. they're stuck there. That's why they should right. have the choice to have their, they want a better chance for their kid to go to a better school, surrounded by better students maybe, mm-hmm. and better teachers that can, have, that, that can teach better. Right. 
why can't they bring him to that school? That's that's exactly right. And to do that, they need some form of scholarship yeah. or at least a stipend that helps compensate for transportation costs. Mm-hmm. It's also why, Garrett, so many of our top performing charter schools have gone into those districts, right, where parents have fewer choices and where traditional schools or district schools have underperformed yep. for generations. And again, and here's the thing. Okay, let's put it this way. I grew up my parents put an emphasis on education, and they used it by threatening to take away sports. You know, you better do your homework. About that. But my yes. parents made sure I did my work. And this is where I don't blame teachers. It's hard to blame teachers. It's hard to blame principals. Because if they are at a school where parents don't demand the kids do work, you could say it's underperforming. It's not like the teachers aren't doing their job. The principals aren't doing their job. It's the parents aren't doing their job, right? Absolutely. Parental involvement and, and engagement think, is are, is all important. That's the boogeyman right? that needs to be talked about. Well, that's that's absolutely right because it's essential to the child's success. The parent, after all, it all begins in the home, yes. right? The parent is the first and most important. And from my perspective, you know, as a father, mm-hmm. grandfather, lifelong teacher of their own children. Yep. But here's the flip side of that argument. You know, a lot of the people that bemoan the lack of parental involvement and engagement on the one hand yep. are, you know, turn around and support organizations who oppose any kind of policy that empowers parents to choose and direct their yep. child's education. Mm-hmm. You can't have it both ways. Mm-hmm. So that's what it comes down to. I mean, we hear underperforming schools and there's, and, you know, look, I, I'm not a fan of what the teachers did when they walked out on their contract and breached their contract and all this other stuff. But I do think they need to be paid more. And I do think I mean, you think about this. If there's a nicer area, and it has nothing to do with race, it has to do with with people. I mean, there's a reason. People that make more money are more successful. They put more of an emphasis on education or vocation or whatever. And they're and, and they, they are good parents to their kids in that aspect for the most part. And then you go to poor areas where it might not be that way. It has nothing to do, again, with race, but let's just face it. It is what it is. And if if parents don't do their job, it's not fair that those schools get targeted, I think, and the teachers get targeted. But think about how much better it is for a teacher to work in a classroom where all the parents demand the kids do well and stay on the kids. Makes the teacher's job easier, makes it a much better place to work, versus going to a school where there's 28 kids in the class and two bring in their homework, right? Yeah, there's no question there's a correlation between socioeconomic circumstances and actual you know, academic performance. Uh, you know, As the saying goes, demographics is, is destiny, mm-hmm. right? There's a correlation between zip code and again, academic results. Mm-hmm. For me, that that is an argument again to put more emphasis. Now, now let's not call it desegregation funding, but to get more dollars to those schools that are serving a high number of those type of students, mm-hmm. ch- ch- students that are living in poverty or come from low-income households, yep. and they qualify for the federal free reduced price lunch program. Uh, English language learners, obviously, we're we're a border state. Kids with special needs and learning disability, foster children, our Native American students. In the northeast part of the state Mm -hmm. we have unique challenges with those segments of the student population okay and it takes a special teacher to be able to to really get something out of those kids that are that Mm -hmm. are having a tough time at home i mean god bless them it's a tough situation there's no Mm -hmm. real real right answer you just got to keep on working at it Mm -hmm. uh frank what's the website where people can find more about you rigs for az rigs for rigs for az.com okay uh thank you for coming to the studio i appreciate it when you when you come back into town we'll get you in again okay thank you garrett all right it's frank riggs right here on knst your shot at one thousand dollars now text the word bills to 200 200 You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeart Radio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's bills to 200 200. Yeah, I'm ready to do this. What are you doing? It's Friday, May 4th. Uh, I know it's May the 4th. You know what it also is? 
Not only Friday, May the 4th, what does it symbolize? It symbolizes another day geeks will not touch a woman. Oh, that's the line. That's the one. Go home to mommy. <laughs> it's your morning ritual. And not like in a, in a Matt Lauer way, okay? It's your what? morning ritual with me, Garrett Lewis. That's really bad touching. Uh, KNST AM790 Tucson's most stimulating talk. Thank you for hanging out. Three things I think you need to know. Strike is over. Number one, strike's over. But TUSD won't open on Monday. Most other school districts are open. Uh, and then uh, they don't, aren't they done in like a week and a half or two weeks? When are your kids done, Ryan? Uh, I think like two weeks. Yeah, exactly. Another spring vacation. Is it weird that I really Whatever. don't know? No, it's not at all. When they just randomly don't wake up, you're going to be like, oh, okay. You guys are still asleep in bed. Okay. The house better be clean when I yes, get home. Yes, that's right. And then go to my house. Second thing that I think you need to know, unemployment down to 3.9%. Hasn't been that low since the year 2000. Of course, I'm waiting for people to say, see, this is exactly what Obama set us up for. His phenomenal policies of eight years where he couldn't get to it set us up for this moment a year and a half into the Trump presidency. <laughs> waiting for it. You know it's going to happen. Um, Trump also said he would love to sit down with, uh, with Mueller, which anybody can have any opinion they want about that, right? So you have that. Now, third thing I think you need to know, now this is good Friday news right here. A, uh, mo- a morning consult poll shows a Republican wave happening before our eyes in the U.S. Senate. Well, I haven't heard about that. I know, because the media doesn't want you to know that stuff. They want you to know about Stormy Daniels, which you really could give two you-know-whats about, right? Yep, uh, a morning consult poll shows that five Democrat incumbents lose by at least five points. Four other Democratic incumbents in the Senate are in statistical ties. That could be nine seats going to the Republicans in the Senate. Holy Frigging crap, Batman. But all you hear about is some random blue wave, don't you? Whoops. Three things I think you need to know. Oh, and by the way, I have another story about a big-time Democratic pollster telling the Democrats, uh, your, your momentum for the midterms is already over. You guys better get some messaging out. Like, this is Good Friday stuff, isn't it? Now, this is really Good Friday stuff. This is the stuff that I live for. Stupidity. Just flat-out I don't know. I have no other words to say for this. Okay. Gonzaga University. Uh, Gonzaga. John Stockton. I mean, Gonzaga, pretty good basketball team. You got the NBA bust, Adam Morrison, that kind of stuff. Gonzaga. I believe they're in the state of Washington, right? I believe so, yeah. Gonzaga. 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 Depending on where you're from in Long Island. So, Gonzaga, right? They sent an email. Administrators sent an email to the student body. They are warning about Cinco de Mayo. Warning. I swear to God, you can't make up this stuff. They are warning. They are worried that, you ready for this? Quote in the email, quote, non-Mexican individuals, end quote, might partake in some Cinco de Mayo festivities. No. No. Gotta watch out for them non-Mexican individuals. No, 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 no. Every time my wife wants a margarita, I'm going to have to warn her. I mean, my wife is so white, she's friggin' transparent. She, like, glows. So she's mad about that. She wants to get tan. 
she gets red, and then she violates a whole different group of anyway. So uh, don't I can't maybe I can. So there was an email. This is from Campus Reform. An email to the student body Wednesday by VP of Student Development Judy Biggs Garbuio. Garbuio, G R A B U I O, whatever. And she writes, Cinco de Mayo is a relatively minor holiday in Mexico. Yes. That, that's fine. But you know why it's a major holiday here? Money, because we're capitalists. You know, even the socialists are capitalists. Oh, this is terrible. We have to be welcoming to everybody, and you shouldn't appropriate culture. And, you, you know, downtown Tucson, you, they're all over the place. Oh, they, oh you, you shouldn't appropriate culture. We're just we're welcoming and be kind and be kind. White people, come on in here and celebrate. Put on a sombrero. It's okay. Yeah, that's what they do. That's what they do. It's all about the money. It says here, I love it. She writes, Cinco de Mayo in America has evolved into a commemoration of Mexican culture and heritage in the United States. No, it's just a giant freaking booze fest, just like St. Paddy's Day, for God's sakes. By the way, nobody gave a crap about St. Paddy's Day. The Irish people are like, we don't care. Why are colleges not upset about people celebrating St. Paddy's Day when they're not Irish? But this is too much. Fun haters. Can't do this like this. We're going to do it like this. There we go. Oh, my God. Keep going. Now I want Mexican food. Can I eat Mexican food? Is it okay if I have Mexican food? I will allow you to. Okay. So here we go. Buy for me. I swear to. Here we go. This is the email. I'm gonna. This is the the what this lady sent. You ready? Spring has finally arrived in Spokane, and this weekend marks the official end of classes at Gonzaga University. Saturday, May fifth, Cinco de Mayo is a holiday that celebrates the date of the Mexican Army's 1862 victory over France at the Battle of Puebla during the Franco-Mexican War. Whatever. Relatively minor holiday in Mexico, however, in the U.S., uh, it's evolved into commemoration of Mexican culture, blah, 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 particularly in areas with large Mexican-American populations. Unfortunately, the celebration celebrations have become less about the appreciation of Mexican heritage and instead has become more about drinking and partying, especially by non-Mexican individuals. Ah, oh, you jerks. Man. You go ask Mexicans or Mexican-Americans, are you offended by people that aren't Mexican having a good time on Cinco de Mayo? I bet you most would say no. No. You ready for this? Because of this, there are many instances when Cinco de Mayo becomes a holiday that is full of cultural appropriation. Because she writes, non-Mexican individuals drink their butts off and party so much, Cinco de Mayo has now become a holiday that is full of cultural appropriation. At some college campuses, including our own, students create theme parties or dress in costumes that are insensitive and offensive to the Mexican-American and, more broadly, the Latinx culture. The, the Latinx, that's the radical nutjobs. I would encourage you to check out the UMEC Facebook page that provides some alternative ways to celebrate Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> Alternative ways. Oh, yeah. Dude. Alternative ways. All right. So you, you celebrate Cinco de Mayo alternatively by using, what, vodka instead of beer? Maybe a, a, a Russian beer? I was going to say you're you're going to appropriate the Russian culture then at some point. I mean, it's up, everything comes from somewhere, right? So they, they link to a story from Romper.com. I swear. 
Six ways to celebrate Cinco de Mayo without appropriating the Mexican culture. Uh, why don't they just start one by just staying home? You know? <laughs> yes. Just stay home. That's what it should come down to. Stay home. You know, we got to look for the, the sound bites uh, from Illegal Pete's from oh, a few yeah. years ago. Oh, yeah. Because you had the crazy Latinx, uh, what are the, uh, the crazy group at the U of A, too. What the hell are they called again? The, uh, the Mecha. The Mecha. Where they, this chick went nuts, right? She went absolutely insane. Oh, yeah. I think this is, um, do you have it? Yeah. Let's play this. Nine seconds. The chick talked about a burrito or something like that, but go ahead. Here we go. He is obviously not yes. brown. He's not Mexican, but he's selling um, burritos, uh, mission style, which I don't know what that is. That's not Mexican. Go. That started in San Francisco. I like mission tortillas. There you go. You would. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't have to make them. Exactly. So so there you go. That was one of the Mecha U of A Hispanic students upset with the Illegal Pete's restaurant called Illegal Pete's owned by a white guy that makes burritos because, again, he is not brown. Only brown people can make, in in her mind at least, uh, burritos. One, one more time. This is... He is obviously not brown. He's not Mexican, <laughs> but he's selling um, burritos. Uh, mission style, which I don't know what that is. That's not Mexican. And it because uh, leave it to today's stupid media where that what that chick said they don't consider it to be outrageous, racist, insane, stupid, everything and above. What kind of an idiot says that? And of course you can say, well, you go to an Italian restaurant nowadays, and I don't think Italians are actually cooking in the back, right? You go to a Chinese restaurant in Long Island, you still have the Chinese guys cooking in the back. But how many Chinese people do you see working uh, in a lot of Chinese restaurants? I mean, it's just so dumb, so dumb. Let's continue. Anyway, the boring things from Romper. Six ways to uh, celebrate Cinco de Mayo without appropriating culture. One, learn about the holiday. Boring. Nobody cares. They just want to have a good time and have some Mexican food. Just leave it alone. Two, lose the racist costumes and clothing. So if somebody wants to celebrate by dressing up in a sombrero, why is it racist? I don't... You're just dumb. Three, draw the line between celebration and racism. What? The best way to support and celebrate another culture is as yourself. Shut up. Four, find authentic Mexican cuisine. Yeah, good. Something we can actually agree on. Five, don't speak Spanglish. I can do whatever the hell I want to do. So you tell me not to speak Spanglish, but I can't tell people to speak English? Get out of here. Six, consider something I can't read. Something about this, the... I don't know, something... You want me to read it for you? Mexico, celebrate Mexico's widely celebrated Independence Day. Something in September. Oh, uh... Yeah. DSCC... September. Shut up. I don't even like guacamole. You're a Hispanic guy doesn't like guacamole. Smart. You don't qualify. No! So there you go. That's 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 that. And Gonzaga. 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 Learn about the history. While they're doing that, yes, they want you to acknowledge the stereotypes you have internalized and discover why they're problematic. That's what the Facebook page says. Yep, they want the, the Gonzaga faculty administrators want people to go to a Facebook page where they're told, go there and you will learn to acknowledge stereotypes you have internalized and discover why they're problematic. Yes, not every Mexican wears a sombrero. But if you go to Mexico, you'll find some that do. Well, they keep the sun off you. It lists various other forms of cultural appropriation that students should avoid, along with sombreros. 
No Serapis. No fake mustache. Tell that to Grijalva. Avoid. <laughs> I love this. Avoid every party store. They're telling you to avoid every party store. No Cinco de Drinco. Well, that sucks. No disrespectful use of Spanish. No homogenizing Latinx communities. Uh, and hold your friends accountable. Yes, so then they won't be your friends anymore. You're so stupid. I'll put this up on my Facebook page. This is so insane. I love it. I thank God they're just dumb people. Oh, here we go. Alternative ways. They also put this up. You know what? One of the things I want you to do? What? Quote, Donate to organizations working for immigrant rights. Yeah, that's what we want to do. Nah, I'll just get drunk. Hey, guys, I have this idea. Instead of celebrating and having a good time, we really shouldn't appropriate the culture. You know, so instead of like, you know, having a good time and stuff like that, I think we should donate, uh, you know, to organizations working for immigrants' rights and stuff like that. Bob, you punch that guy in the face. Huh. Nobody's friends with people like that. Nope. Dumb. Hang on. <laughs> Eric from the KNST. Hi. Eric? Eric. Bye-bye. Oh. He couldn't wait. I kept my hold. Uh, Rodney, welcome to KNST. Hi. Yeah, good morning, guys. Uh, I, I don't know whose culture we are appropriating because uh, my, my sister-in-law, my brother's wife, is from Mexico. She's here legally. Okay. But she thinks it's such a, it's such a joke that we celebrate Cinco de Mayo. They don't even celebrate it in Mexico. Exactly. It's a capitalist holiday in America. That's all it, it is. It, it, they refer to it as a Budweiser holiday. Yes. So we are appropriating nobody's culture. Obviously, just as you just read, Mexican Independence Day is in September. It's... Yeah, exactly. Nothing to do with Cinco de Mayo. No, they're they're commemorating a battle that they won. Wait, 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 wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Your your brother's wife, who's from Mexico, calls Cinco de Mayo a Budweiser holiday. Every they say that's what they refer to it in Mexico in general. In Mexico, that's racist. Why do they think we just drink Budweiser? They're stereotyping us. We're drinking German beer and Mexican beer and every other beer. But that, that's what, so we are literally appropriating nobody's culture by Cinco de Mayo because it's, uh, it's, it's only a holiday here. Exactly. It's because we can make money. Thank you very much. Americans, listen, we work hard, we play hard, we party, party hard. At least I used to. And then I got kids. But are you really still playing this damn, it's really good though. But I want like, I want chips and salsa now. Is it? Am I appropriating culture to hear mariachi music and think I want chips and uh, chips and salsa? No, it's actually uh, it's, a, it's a psychological thing. You hear the, the music and it makes you want to go eat some of it. Now that. I want to go have lunch with you, but not with you because it's you, but because I want to go have like good food. It's Friday. I know a spot. I do know a spot. I know you do. I know a lot of spots actually. You. That's me. Uh huh. What's your favorite kind of beer? Cold. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> hang on, phone. hang on. Mark, welcome to KNST. Hi. Hi. Hey, I got a question. Are all the uh, Mexicans that are coming to our country, would they uh, eat cheeseburgers and collect welfare? Are they appropriating our culture? <laughs> Wait a second. So we're all about welfare? Yeah, cheeseburgers and welfare. You know Obviously, what's... they're appropriating our culture. You know, you, know what? you know what's sad? You bring up a good point. We actually want people to come here to our country and appropriate our culture. Well, we, here's the deal. we want Apple it to happen. Don't appropriate our culture because they won't pick up our language. That, that's what I'm saying. We we like encourage it. We thank you, Mark. It's a great point. We want people come to America, and you damn well better appropriate our culture. Be us because we're the best. Uh, there's more. We'll continue. Eight eight zero KNST. Eight eight zero. No, no, no. What are you doing to me? Uh, you know when Ryan starts dictating things. Really? Yeah. 
Who is it? I don't even know who this is. Uh, you do it. His name is Les. Les? Les. What'd you say again? Welcome to KNST. Yeah, yes. Um, I think Raul Grijalva thinks every day is Cinco de Mayo. Ah, he I... enjoys falling off the bar stool no, every time. No, he doesn't fall. He breaks them. He breaks them. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. So bad, I love Well, it. it's true. It's Cinco de Drinco every day, Raul Grijalva. Yes. Okay, you got it. I'm not going to... You're a thousand percent right on that. Thousand percent right. Ah, <laughs> uh, you're killing me. You know that? You're absolutely killing me. All right, we're going to continue. You want to know why? Because we can. That's what we do. Uh, it is your morning ritual. Me, Garrett Lewis, KNST, AM 792, Sun's most stimulating talk. Hey, Garrett Lewis with you here. Thanks for hanging out. Sunny and 90, 99 tomorrow, 103 on Sunday. So they say right now. So they say right now. I got a great uh, message from a, a friend of mine. Okay, so then we need to stop broadcasting uh, and publishing in Spanish, providing the option to press 1 for Spanish. Quit bringing your culture to the U.S. The U.S. will quit trying to melt into your into our culture. <laughs> Meaning, yes, you get it? You get it? You want to bring yeah. it here and then we can't do it? You're saying... you kidding me? But melt into Americans! Whatever. Diversity is our greatest strength, but damn it, don't do what we do! <laughs> All right, really quick, this is an oldie but a goodie since Cinco de Mayo is coming up. Uh, these metromaniacs from a few years ago, U of A students, decided to go after a sorority. And first off, here's the chick from that story who's like, I can't believe that guy's making burritos. He's not brown. That's what the Metro chick said, which is, you know, of course, it's flat out friggin' racist. But then she said about Illegal Pete's, she, she's the, the, and it's still in business, Illegal Pete's, she sees the title of it and she, well, the words, they're a problem. Here we go, listen. It's damaging and it's hurtful. Yes. And someone could... Mm say it's playful playful or you know it's yeah. just a word but words hurt they hurt that was from kvoa years ago by the way so then there was this story that mecha and I, they did put their own youtube videos up these idiots they confronted a sorority at, at u of a because they saw some of the chicks dressed as mariachi let's listen to this here we go yeah so um i don't have like a halloween thing or something halloween yeah we are Okay, because we they were passing by Halloween and party. we saw like, some of your sisters or people going to a residence with sombreros or mustaches or, or things like that. That's not okay. So we, not okay. we came to your door to tell you that as people of color and as people who have seen that on our campus, it's, it's just really disrespectful and racist. They're not being... Uh, you guys are dancing here and I saw you. You're dancing to mariachi! Of course, that, that poor sorority chick should have just closed the door and slammed in their face and said, get the hell out of here. We do whatever the hell we want to do. You want to put on a mustache? We'll put on a mustache. Who are you? But she answered, the sorority girl answered these, uh, these uh, maniacs, these bullying people from Mecha who were upset that they saw people dressed in mariachi at the sorority house. Listen to why they were dressed in mariachi. Here we go. No, 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 no. The next one, next one. Here we and go. And we also have some sisters that are of... Uh it doesn't make it okay. You're part of the culture. Doesn't make it okay. You gotta understand that one of our sisters is dressed up as a mariachi artist because she does do mariachi. Pause it. Oh, so she actually's in a mariachi band, which is why she's dressed in mariachi. Oh no. Doesn't matter. These metromaniacs. Listen to play Jay. Listen to this. Here we go. We are bringing as much respect, but we want respect in return. And I, we just want you to let all of your, your members know that whatever it is, it's not okay. okay. If it's displaying any certain type of Bullies. person, any certain type of people, any type of culture, or even mocking us, 
in any way, it's not okay. So just make sure that everyone is educated and won't be following you. We won't be following you. That happened a few years ago, and you think U of A did anything about that? Nah, that's not bullying. No, 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 no. Idiots. Absolute idiots. There you go. There's your Cinco de Mayo for the year. You know, every year, unfortunately, I see less and less stories coming out about universities sending out warnings because I think that between talk radio and certain websites, they get exposed and get embarrassed. You got to put the pressure on them. You got to call them out. But anyway, we'll get more of Stop your reaction. Whining. Thank you. I'm, I'm, not, I'm sitting a fact. I'm in for them. Oh, okay. 880-KNST, 880-5678. We have, uh, you, you can comment. There's more on this. Have you heard of any other uh, awesome single to mile stories? I've been looking for them, and there aren't too many out there this year, which is good and at the same time disappointing. Uh, more uh, great news about uh, the uncom- possible coming of another red wave. Yes, red wave. The media does want you to know about that. That's coming up. Here's Fox. Yes. Uh-huh. 842. This reminds me of the movie The Hangover. Garrett Lewis with you. KNST AM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. They had the guy band that sang this at the end. The Dan band is what they're called. Are you out of your? I don't remember seeing that. I just remember uh, Zach Galifianakis getting uppercutted by. Uh, you don't remember the end of the wedding when the guy was singing that? I, I'm gonna stab you with this pen. Again, three things that I think <laughs> you need to know. Number one, the strike is over. Most school districts are open for some reason. TUSD is not until Monday. Whatevs. Uh, second thing that I think you need to know. Man, oh man, oh man. Unemployment down to 3.9% has not been there since the since December of 2000. How is this guy doing a bad job again? How is that possible? So you have All unemployment. We, is win, win, win. we might have to bust that out in just a second. It's been a while. 3.9% unemployment. 164,000 jobs added. They're expecting 190, but I mean it's almost as if we're at full employment. Trump's approval is at 51%. Black and Hispanic unemployments have hit record lows. Thanks, Kanye. And here we go. We'll get to in a second. There is someone that says Obama deserves credit for the job numbers. We'll get to that in a minute. Third, I swear to God. Third thing that I think you need to know. Does there even need to be a third thing anymore? Well, why not? Uh, It turns out that uh, Morning Consult has a poll out there, and it shows a red wave coming in the Senate. A red wave coming in the Senate. A red wave. How, what, why? Five Democrat incumbents are losing to a generic Republican by at least five points in the Senate. Four other Democratic Senate uh, Senate, uh, incumbents. Statistical ties. So this has been ignored. By the media. Three things that I think you need to know. We'll get to all of that stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you want to hear this? Stupid question. Okay. (laughs) Yes. Okay, Don. You're right. Valerie Jarrett. Why not bring on Obama's roommate? Valerie Jarrett. What that she's living? How weird is that? Yes, it's like three's company. I don't know. She's living with Barack and Michelle. You're a grown woman that has a lot of money. Go get your own place. Move out. Does she cook well? What's going? On? This is weird. It, it's the deep state headquarters. Deep state headquarters. 
So I want you to hear Valerie Jarrett this morning on CNN with Allison Camerata. Give Obama credit for today's jobs report. Listen, here we go. So excited about the summit this weekend in L.A. I'm going to ask you about that in one second, but the breaking news that we just had moments ago were the new job numbers, the lowest in anybody's memory, 3.9% unemployment rate. Uh, it's been 15 months of Donald Trump's presidency. Do you give him credit for that? Look, I think we have to look at it over a longer horizon than that. If you think about what the economy was like when President Obama took office and we were losing 750,000 jobs a month and under his watch the unemployment rate dropped in half and it's encouraging to see that we're continuing to make progress. We want to see wages go up and I think that's an important um, focus and I was glad to see you talk about that too. So uh, for the workers out there who are back to work today, I think it's very encouraging. Okay, so before... <sighs> think we have to look at a longer horizon look at it over a longer horizon like when obama was there eight years by the way didn't they say the economy was great under obama that's what the people would say oh it's great it's the new normal trump has rolled back so many obama regulations <laughs> he's not continuing anything you meathead oh my god i told you it was going to happen i told you it was going to happen Valerie Jarrett. I mean, with a, it's like they have Tourette's. No matter what the, is asked, Trump is bad, Obama's good. I got to give credit to Obama. No, 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 no. Credit to Obama. Credit to Obama. Oh, yeah. Credit to Obama. That's why people had faith in the market. Oh, my God. You know what? On that note, let's... Yeah, yeah. You know what? It's been a while. It's Friday. We have phenomenal economic news. Things are going pretty well. We can appropriate the culture of America by spending money and getting drunk on Cinco de Mayo. And you know what? Uh, it's laughable at these ass clowns that uh, talk for Obama like Valerie Jarrett. So here we go. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. We will make America great again. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. You will never be ignored again. America will start winning again. You're going to be so proud of your country. You're going to be so proud of your president. And I don't care about that. But you are going to be so proud of your country because we're going to turn it around and we're going to start winning again. We're going to win so much. We're going to win at every level. We're going to win economically. Yes. We're going to win with the economy. Yes. We're going to win with military. Yes. We're going to win with health care and yes. for our veterans. We're going to win with every single facet. We're going to win so much, you may even get tired of winning. No. And you'll say, please, please, it's too much winning. Yes. We can't take it anymore. Mr. President, it's too much. And I'll say, no, it isn't. We have to keep winning. We have to win more. more. We're going to win more. We're going to win so much. America will start winning again. Winning like never before. This is your day. This is your celebration. And this, the United States of America, is your country. The Morning Ritual with Garrett Lewis. We will face many challenges, but with the faith in each other and the faith in God, we will get the job done. KNST AM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. Yes, thank you very much. It's been a very long time. I 
Eric, you know what? You probably never thought that would happen again after Don uh, pissed you off by signing the omnibus bill, huh? You probably never thought that was going to happen. Holy smokes. This is, uh, this is incredible stuff. 880-KNST, 880-5678. You have these unbelievable economic numbers. Might be peace in North Korea. That North Korean nutjob murderous dictator. We don't know what he's up to, but he's saying, I want to meet the Don. The meeting's been set. We don't know where yet, but it's going to happen. And he's going to they want to get rid of their nukes. He realizes, I want to live. I got I to not get blown up. And again, that's why maybe Ducey should take a page from Trump. And Trump actually sent someone to talk to the, the, the murderous dictator freak that he is. To say, let's just, let's hammer this out. Otherwise, I'm going to hammer you. And, and Ducey should have done the same damn thing with the teachers, but whatever. Um, just crazy. It did all this, by the way, without a stupid stimulus, right? You give people their own money back, look what happens. Incredible stuff. Jack, welcome to KNST. Hello, Jack. Yeah, this is Charles. Sorry about the name mix Charles. Up. Um, Are you confused it, about your name? Is it Jack? Is it Charles? Is it Charles? Is it Jack? Or is it Ryan's fault? Ryan's fault. Probably Ryan's fault. We'll blame Ryan. Happy, happy Friday, but I wanted to point out to you that it's not unusual to look at things over a longer period of time. For eight years under Obama, it was always George W. Bush's fault. That's right. You are a thousand percent right. Listen, I came in, it was a mess. You know, Trump said the same thing, though. I got in here, it was a mess. But look, 15, 16 months later, it's turned around dramatically. And all Obama did was complain about the mess he got for eight friggin' years because he couldn't figure out an answer because he really, let's say, he's not that smart. He's actually dangerously dumb. So, yeah. So is, so is Valerie Jarrett. If she thinks we're going to believe what she's talking about today, that... Um yeah, you got to give credit where it's due. I exactly. do. Trump. Exactly. Thank you, Charles. I appreciate it. Sorry about the name thing, buddy. Um, just, that was just so awesome. I told you it would happen. I told you. We, You knew it, too. We know these people. It's pathetic. John, welcome to KNST. Hello. Leave Ryan alone. He's doing a good job. He's got to handle everyone, so Thanks. he's doing a good job. Thanks, oh, Larry. No, I appreciate Cinco that. Cinco de Drinco, Larry. <laughs> What's no, up, man? Um, when they always mention that 700,000 hemorrhaging part, that is such BS. The economy was entering a recession during the election of 20, was it 2008? Yes. And when Obama took over and everyone realized what all the communist policies he was pushing through, that's when they started hemorrhaging 700,000 jobs. And, and I love how they make it sound like he inherited it. No, he started it. When, when they started losing all these jobs is when they realized they had a president in office that was not going to help the economy along. And that's exactly what he did. You know what? It, and look, you're a thousand percent right because you can see the exact opposite. The day after Trump won, the stock, yeah. even the day yep. he was winning, the stock market dropped a little bit. All of a sudden, people are like, oh, my God, he's going to get rid of these stupid regulations. Well, he wants to push for taxes. It, I mean, and it took off. Down, let's say, for example, Coca-Cola. They started selling those small little cans of Coke. Because of uh, Muchel, you know, pushing this sugar reduction garbage. And they don't tell you that every time they push something on the corporations, they have to obey and they have to implement it, which affects their bottom line, affects their profits, uh, everything. So when you have a government that micromanages everything and has a real suppressive approach, yeah, you're going to have an economy that drags along for eight years despite a trillion dollars in debt every year. You're right. You're right. Look look how quickly... The business community responds when they can They can predict what's going to happen. That's what business well, owners also, want. Too, don't forget, the business community knows when they have to start preaching communism, you yeah. know, because who's in office. I mean, they, it, it took a while for, and even now the, the corporations are still kind of gun-shy because they know, you know, eight years from now, hopefully eight years from now, 
Um, they know that it could go the other way, and everyone knows that. So they already seen the glimpse of, of a communist of president, and I think they're worried there could be another. Well, look, look at it really quick. Look what look what Ford's doing. They're getting in America. They're getting rid of just about all their cars. They're getting a They're just like, see you later. We're done with because they realize people want SUVs and pickup trucks, even with gas prices going up, which Trump is pissed off about. Well, yeah, that was the other thing. Was yep. remember how they they're want, going yeah. to get the cafe standards yep. uh, up? Exactly. Was they were going to force everyone to buy electric cars exactly. to help the averages so they could get their fifty miles. They don't tell you all this stuff. And then, nope. the meanwhile, the corporations which dump all this money into cars that no one wants that mm-hmm. are overpriced because it has all the stuff that people don't want. They have to turn around and somehow offset the price. No, yeah. it. Overall, everything's good. It's great, and it's going to get better. We just got to make sure that uh, Trump kicks butt with this uh, legal BS that's going on. You're right. Thank you for the phone call. It's a great freaking call. Again, Ford. Ford's like, you know what? People want trucks and SUVs. They don't want the uh, the great, and they get okay gas mileage. Nothing like a sedan. They're keeping the Mustang and some kind of a Focus Sport or something like that, or a, whatever, and whatever one of those little ones. Uh, in America, they're building the rest around the world. They can always redo them here, but they, they, this is what people want because people feel good. They don't mind spending money on gas. Anyway, we'll continue. It's KNST. Radio station. President's not backing down. Only Brady, Fox News, still saying he wants to talk to the special counsel in the Russia probe, also weighing in on the uproar over what one of the attorneys said. Fox's John Decker, live at the White House. Prior to departing the White House on Marine One, President Trump addressed the bombshell interviews given this week by his new lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, in which he revealed possibly damaging details about the $130,000 payment that was made to Stormy Daniels days before the 2016 election. So Rudy knows it's a witch hunt. He started yesterday. Uh, he'll get his facts straight. He's a great guy. But what he does is he feels it's a very bad thing for our country. President Trump also said he would love to speak with special counsel Robert Mueller, even against the legal advice of his attorneys, but only if, in his words, he's treated fairly. Lisa. Thanks, John. The president's heading to Texas to speak at the NRA convention. The president's former campaign manager, Paul Manafort, trying to get his indictment over past business dealings tossed out. A federal judge today questioning the Mueller team's authority in the Manafort case, noting that some of the allegations date back to an earlier probe by federal prosecutors. The special counsel's office arguing some of its powers are secret because of national security matters that can't be publicly disclosed. That drew a skeptical reaction from the judge, but no ruling yet. Roads cracking and lava spewing on Hawaii's big island from the Kilauea volcano. About 200 earthquakes have been going on over the last few days, including one of a 5.0, which is a precursor about uh, really the volcanic activity. It opened up an area in the crater itself, a crater vent, as it's called. Fox's Adam Housley. Scientists can't predict how long the eruption will last or how bad it will get. The governor declaring a state of emergency. Hundreds of residents evacuating, but others saying they'll wait and see. Fox News, fair and balanced.